Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Episode 47 of Please Advise is here, and you guys are here too. Thanks for listening. It's the best. Really, really means a lot to me. You guys tweet such nice things too. And um, thanks again, everyone, for all your kind words about my ebook. It's still for sale. Just because it's not like the day it's getting released doesn't mean I'm not going to make you think all about my book. Think about it. Think about it. Tell your friends. Buy more copies. Just have copies on all your iPads. I'm just rambling. I really don't know what to say. Uh... <laughs> I'm in a weird place in my life, you guys. We have two guests today. My m- lovely mother is joining us again. Hello. <laughs> hey, Sean, Sean. Hey. Feeling good? I am. Yeah, I'm ready for this. I am. And then someone who I'm a big fan of, John Levenstein, is here. Hello. Hi. We've actually only met once, right? I think we met twice. Twice. Right. That's right. We met twice. The first time at a rap party and the second time when Justin Bieber wouldn't let you take a picture with him. Ugh. I've never Ugh. discussed this publicly, but I feel like you are my only ally in sheer anger because I was so mad that night. Justin Bieber was kind of a dick to me, Mom. You told me that, sweetheart. I told you? Okay. <laughs> On a yeah. night when he was being nice to a lot of people, I have to say. Yeah, he was a real. He went out of his way to be mean to he me. Did. It was not nice. It was not nice. I, I don't know if I should that. say exactly the logistics, um, but Justin Bieber was not kind to me. I will say though that by not telling the story, you're making it sound much worse than it actually okay, was. It was I, just a snotty moment. I it? asked to take a picture with him, and then he said no, and I said why, and he said because I said so, and I was like what, and he was like because I said so, and I was like. Oh, you're an asshole. Like, literally, no one's ever said that to me before. No one says no to me. Like, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean it. In like I definitely a, said no to you. I don't mom. think I ask a lot of questions that deserve a no. You know, just going to say that. Well, I, I mean, do I? I don't well, know. Well, I think I have pretty realistic way, if expectations, asked, if Bieber. Him, if you asked him if you could take a picture with you, then he's entitled to give you one or two answers, and he just gave you the one you didn't want to hear. Well, but he also did I'm something taking- odd. As he said, because I said so, he slipped a little wink to the man standing next to you, which is kind of like a way of saying, we're being playful. We keep women in their place in a fun way oh well that's oh not cool. right i forgot about the wink see i wasn't a part of the wink so i i know you were not a part of the wink yeah i wasn't oh i hated that wink we have a game that we play here just to get to know you guys really well i think you can tell a lot about a person from their fears oh the game is called do you fear that and i'm going to ask you 50 fears and the answer is yes or no seems like a huge number right does. It's not that huge, okay. but a lot of big things come out of that. Okay. One, deep space. No. No. Fire. Yes. Yes. Food in countries you've never been to. No. 
Yes. The dark. Mm. No. No. <laughs> Unexpectedly seeing a naked adult. No. Yes. Mom, why does that? Why aren't you? Nothing afraid scares of that? your mother. I know. No. Well, fire why would it? If, why would it scare me? A naked adult, like. You're walking down the street, and all of a sudden, there's a full-blown, just a naked 45-year-old man on the street. I mean, it, but would I have a fear towards it? I mean, no, I wouldn't have a fear towards it. I would just be like, wow, that's funky. Oh. That's weird. That's like, that's not expected. That's See, I'm not thinking of the adult on the street. I'm thinking of like you open the wrong door in a house that you're not familiar with, okay? And there's some person there. So my fear is the conversation after the sighting. Well, that actually oh, yeah. happened to me because as a caterer, I would show up to people's homes, you know, about an hour or two before the event would take place. I can't tell you how many times somebody's running around their home naked you know, with, that's what you do before a party actually you and do because you're kind of like know that you know, yeah and that's real i just remember one time it especially happened and i was just so happy this guy's name was dick because <laughs> it was just like i was with auntie Kristen, and we were dying we were like just just remember his name's dick that's all we have to worry about <laughs> but yeah no that doesn't it doesn't freak me out it doesn't fear me fully naked yeah he was he was naked Oh, yeah. that's actually, yeah, it's just next nature. time you go to a party, you should think about that. Think that the host was probably running around their house naked just a few hours. In fact, before most you people came. are probably naked in their homes before they get dressed. When you think about it, <laughs> I won't ever I won't even let my daughter's friends. I won't let my daughter's friends see me in a bathing suit. Even like there is no chance in hell that I would join a teenage pool party. Right. That would never happen, even in right. a bathing suit. So well, how could think, naked I happen? I think naked in a scenario like that, there, I, yeah, I think there'd be some fear involved with that. Yeah. Um, all right, clowns. I'm, I'm not fearful of them. No. Sleeping alone. No. No. Getting caught talking to yourself in the car. No. No. Little person porn. Fear. No. Curious, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm not curious. I mean, I, you know what I would be afraid of? I would be afraid of clicking on that by mistake. So yeah. You're fearful. Yeah. Uh, germs. No. No. Saying a new word out loud for the first time. Actually, I would. Yeah, I'd be fearful of that. I have little speech impediment. You think you do? I know I do. I'm not aware of it. Because they don't say new words out loud that often. I know. <laughs> I'm not afraid of saying a new word out loud. I am. Because if I say a word I haven't said out loud before, I'll say it with a question, am I saying Right, it right, right. Like, right. I won't really take a big chance. Well, I've learned to do that, like, to just put yeah. my, yeah. Have the humility to just say, I've only read this word. Correct. I totally try. Totally. I love it when you can tell someone, uh, just when they blow through a word where I'm like, well, how did your brain process that word? Like, and you've been pronouncing it that way all of these years? Like, you, no one's corrected you? I don't know. Anyway. Um, the idea that you, you might know, homeschool kids do that because yes. they don't have enough conversation with those words, but they've read a lot. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Wow. That's interesting. Homeschool kids. Anyway, the idea that you might be the only person in your friend group who doesn't understand the movie you just saw. I don't have a fear of that. I have a fear of being around people that don't understand the movie. We just saw. <laughs> no fear. No. Um, first dates. Um, no, no fear. No. 
finding out that you've been suffering from a severe mental illness your entire life? No. No. Watching mold grow on nature shows? No fear of that. Well, mold in real life, yeah, but yeah. nature shows? When it's when it grows all fast and it's no, like time fine. lapse. That's fine. But I, I am I I am afraid and respectful of mold in my own house. Right. Yeah. Right. Mold. Mold would be, but like uh, I would just turn it breathing it in. You know, um, what you'll see when you look in the mirror. I'm rarely surprised. Yeah, I'm not so fearful of some things. Lena Dunham success. <laughs> No, no fear. No. Mom, that doesn't intimidate you. You're Fine not, with it. You're not dealing with the Lena Dunham issue. It does, no. That's not, no. <laughs> that hasn't hit Or home. that she's naked before she puts clothes on. No. Yeah. Dancing in public? No fear. Singing in public? I, I'm not afraid of it, but I would not do it. No. No. Uh, singing in public? That I'll do now, but I would not have done it up until a couple of years ago. Why will you do that now? I started taking singing lessons a couple of years ago. Because, you did? Yeah, I'd been told I was tone deaf growing up. And then I thought a couple of years ago, like, what if I'm not? It always frustrated, been oh, yeah. frustrating me that I'd never sung. And so now I take singing lessons. I go every two weeks. Fantastic. Oh, my God. That's so cute. What do you sing? We'll talk about it later. It's a big topic for me. Okay. Wow. Um, missing out on events slash parties. No fear. No fear. Having to go to events slash parties. No fear. Yes, fearful. Uh, not fearful. I just don't. I dread it. I'm always re you know, relieved when plans are canceled, typically. Oh, I'm, it's the best feeling in the whole world when you like don't want to go and then no one else wants to go either and y'all just admit it. Yeah. Um, that you're a fraud. Not afraid I'm a fraud. I don't think I'm a fraud. I have no fear of that. That no one would ever romantically love you if your face got burned off with acid. I'm not afraid of it, but I assume they wouldn't and I would be worried about someone who did. Okay. You know, John, then I'd be there with you and you and I would have each other because I would feel the same. <laughs> yeah, it would be fine to be alone at that point. At that point, okay, I had a good run. My, yeah, my face was burned off with acid. This is my time to be alone or with friends or whatever. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is right. my time to be alone or with right. friends. Just turn into the skin. Yeah, right. Don't look for love after your face has been yeah. burned off. Well, I would just wear like a beekeeper's hat and hopefully just... <laughs> You know, do more podcasts, I suppose, right? More yeah, radio. radio more more radio. There's always yeah. something you can do. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good that yeah. you guys have that worked out. Uh, mispronouncing someone's name every time you see them and never being corrected? I come up with pet names usually because I'm, I think most of us don't remember names. And I especially have a name that nobody remembers. So. Yeah. Nana called all of us Agnes. Yeah. I, I'm a little afraid of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, spending a week in Times Square. It just wouldn't happen. I have no fear of it. No fear. Contracting an STD. Yeah, I'd have a fear of that. I do have a healthy fear. Yeah. Blindly reaching into a bag of jelly beans and putting one in your mouth without looking at it. I wouldn't do it. Oh my gosh, I like, I do fistfuls That's of like that. all you do, I know. Yeah, like so... No, you don't. Fear it wouldn't that. hurt me to be a little afraid, probably. <laughs> yeah. Going through TSA. No fear. Yeah, no fear, boredom. Um, needles. No fear. A little fear. What's in tap water? No fear. No fear. <laughs> Spending a month or more with your family and only your family. Total fear. Well, wait a minute. Which family? <laughs> <laughs> right? No, that's wh which family? Well, so I don't have total fear of it then. I just probably wouldn't want to be 
my family of origin, I wouldn't do it. You know, family of procreation, I do it all the time anyway. Right. So. right, right, right. Family of origin, I would not want to spend an uninterrupted month with. You don't want to be back in that house with five brothers and sisters? Never. Never, no. Uh, Sunday nights. Um, for years I did. When I was um, when I was younger, I did. Not afraid and also a lot of my favorite television. Yeah. I oh, mean, nowadays, yeah. it's not. The, yeah. uh, my adult years, definitely not. But as growing up in that house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that you have bad body odor or breath and no one knows how to tell you. Um, I don't have a fear of that. There's times I've had a fear of that. Okay. Commitment? No fear of that. Mm, I'm in between on that one. Becoming homeless? I do have a little fear of that. I wouldn't have the great, co- the best coping skills under that circumstance. And that would be like, how do I kill myself? And I don't think I would be great at that either. Right. <laughs> it seems easy, right? Oh, I know. But that's, that's the worst thing is that if you jump off a building and you don't die, you just like, you just have spine, like you're a vegetable for the rest of your life. Yeah, but you won't, you won't be self-aware. I guess that's true. And that is, um, that's good enough. I think and that's what you're going for. Um, uh, uh, change. No, not really. Yeah, I am change averse. Mm-hmm. Accidentally falling in love with a stripper or sex worker. I have no fear of that. <laughs> no fear. Vomiting. No fear. Tremendous fear, which in fact, when I did Drunk History, that was like the big deal. Yeah. And I didn't vomit that night, but I was afraid I was going to. And so I went to sleep with a wooden salad bowl. And I woke up thinking that would have been such a stupid choice. A wooden salad bowl, this porous bowl. Yeah. Soaking up your vom all night. Yeah, I'm very afraid. (laughs) A wooden salad bowl. Yeah, that would have been bad. Um, Where are we? Oh, bugs. I have a fear of certain bugs. Little afraid. Not as afraid as I am of rats, though. Being fisted. Oh, I have a fear of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, fear, stop sign, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Unusually good-looking people. I don't have a fear of that. No. The dentist? No fear. No fear, but I've got a weird one. Death? I fear that. Yes. Knowing what your hot dog's actually made of? No. A little bit. Crying in public? No, no fear. It hasn't happened often, but not afraid of it. Being with a girl who's crying in public? That'd be fine. Yeah, no fear. Being arrested for a murder you didn't commit? Yeah, I I would be fear, fearful initially, but hopefully my innocence would be proven. Yeah, I, <laughs> so. I, I feel like I'd do very well in the justice system. I'm not afraid of that. I have no faith that I would survive that at all. I think, I mean, I feel really feel like I could get arrested right now. Someone could come kick in the door and I would never see any of you again. And yet I've spent my whole life wishing that there were more formal venues for conflicts in my life. So if like someone said I did something, even if I didn't do it, now there's a formal venue. I'm being asked questions I get to answer. I would just be confident that like the truth would emerge. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, Heights. No fear. Little afraid. The idea that your worst enemy might be right about you? No. I mean, it's fine if they are. 
doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that I wouldn't. Probably are bird birds. Anyone? Anyone? No, no not fear birds. No. All right. Well, that's it. That's do you fear that? Your mother is less afraid than I am. Yeah, and by the way, you are. I think our most afraid man who's not gay. Really? Yeah. <laughs> our, uh, our, but it could also be that I'm your most honest man who's not gay. We don't know. This is very true. Dan, Daniel Van Kirk was also very honest with us, which I appreciated. He was the only one that said that he actually volunteered that he would rather. Oh, if you went to jail and you either had to blow your prison uh, roommate every day or they had to have anal with you every day. Which would you pick? I just don't think we'd get that far. Because, again, I would kill myself way before then. But I'd probably blow someone first if I had to choose. Yeah, totally. See, Dan yeah. said he would Dan said he would rather get fucked in the ass because he might get pleasure out of that. And I thought that that was such an interesting answer. Yeah, he's like. That's so a good answer. That's a good answer. TV or something. Yeah. <laughs> he could still watch TV. Yeah, he could still watch TV. Yes. No. Yeah. I don't know if they have TVs in those little cells. I mean, I feel like that's what they're doing because they don't have tv i don't maybe i'm wrong i don't know um do you guys know what we do here i've never listened to it i don't listen to podcasts in general i'm fine jumping in good for you okay so this is what we do no we, fear no fear <laughs> no fear um we take answers we take our sorry we take calls from people they leave long rambly messages about their problems and we fix their lives okay a lot of stuff about romance a lot of um, unnecessary drama, a lot of bullshit, and it's your job to sniff that out. I do it every day. All right, let's do it. Hey, um, my name is Leandra. Um, I come from Boston. Um, so I have a question. I don't know how to deal with a situation. So my boyfriend just got a dog at his house. And she's the most adorable little thing in the world, and her name is uh, Layla Pickles. Yes, we named her Layla Pickles. Um, now, I've always known that I was a little allergic to dogs, but it was never, like, a, a big deal. So I, we, the first day that we got her, of course, I was kissing her face and letting her lick me and everything. And then I ended up leaving because I told them that I was feeling a little sick and um, my, my eyes were itching me. Well, what really happened was when I got in the car, my eyes swelled freaking shut. So it wasn't even safe driving home, but I got home, and um, I kind of played down the situation to him because I didn't want him to know that I was this allergic to the dog. I don't know if I should tell him I'm this allergic. I don't know if I can do anything about it. I mean, I got that Flonase. It kind of works, not really that well. Um, I'm just not sure what to do because I love the shit out of my Layla Pickles, and I can't even hug her face, and I don't want him to obviously not get rid of the dog because no way I'm going to have him get rid of his freaking dog. Um, but, I mean, I don't want to not go to his house. Um, if you could please advise, that'd be great. And, by the way, I love your podcast so much. just recently started listening, and you are the best ever girl you are on one like what is going on over there i i i mean that's some real boston shit she doesn't want to tell her they swollen shut you have to tell him that you're allergic to the dog you have to you have to john what do you think i my big feeling here is that 
you've got Leandra, who's obviously 12. She's driving a car. She's fucking her boyfriend, I assume. Like, what's happening? How she, she She's a child. She sounds very young to me. I'd like to know how old she is. Uh, she seems very young. I would guess, honestly, 22. 22. So she's 22. an adult. Yeah, an adult. And does this boyfriend have his own house, do we think? I felt like I was listening to someone in middle school, so I didn't know what to she say. She sounded young. She sounded young. They all sound young now, Is though. that true? It's the millennials. So that's me, then. Yeah, no. Okay, so we think this is a boyfriend with his own house, his own dog. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's an apartment. And we think she's going back to her own place. Yeah. Um, obviously, she should tell him. But she knew the answer when she called, so why'd she call? Is that usually, like, usually do they know the answer, but they want you to say yes, it? Yes, 100%. That's our job. She, you know, she knows she has to. She has to make sure she feels important enough to tell him that she's allergic. Because I mean, of course, it's tempting to say, "Just deal with it, honey." That's what relationships are. Your eyes are shut like slits. You drive yourself <laughs> home anyway, even though you're twelve. That's bad advice, right? right. Yeah. Right. All right. No, I mean it's kind. Of, I, I, I honestly think that she should at least try to go get one of those shots. Just Don't they get make behind shots? the wheel? Look through those slits. Cut them open like Rocky <laughs> did in the movie, so you can right, see. Right. And drive yourself home, bleeding out of the slits. Yeah, just do that. But just long as like Layla Pickles and her boyfriend aren't. Oh, she loves him to death. Yeah, as she long as they're not death. like inconvenienced, you know. No, we wouldn't want that. Honey, we wouldn't. Yeah, you gotta you gotta think of yourself and what your needs are and what's gonna work for you and um not always put your boyfriend's thoughts or or the dog first. Did she did he ask if she was allergic? I guess I wouldn't ask that. She either. said that she kind of knew she was allergic. But he didn't know probably, right? Yeah. All right. I mean, there's no villains here. There's no bad guys in this story. There's no bad story. Right. Give him the opportunity to to come to a a right sort of conclusion or decision. Well, there is no right decision, though. Well, I mean, they they can come up with things like maybe the dog is relegated to a room in the house when she comes over. You don't know how severe the allergy are. But she wants to enjoy the dog, too. That's the heartbreaking part of all of this. So they can enjoy it at a dog park or something. Or? Like outdoors where if she's sort of allergic, she's not severely allergic. Yeah, she doesn't sound very allergic at all. They make shots. (laughs) They make shots for this, don't they? Was she rubbing the cute little puppy in her face? Because that's what we all do. She did, yeah. That's what we all do. So just don't do that. You know, like give your... Give your boyfriend a chance to do the right thing you know, also. That is good advice. Middle ground. Let's find out what happens when you don't rub your face in the puppy's face. Yeah. 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 That's actually a really good call. Maybe then just your eyes will be a little puffy. Yeah. Take a Claritin. Get over it. Drink some water. Isn't that what you're supposed to do when you get allergies? Can't really do anything. Drink lots of water and yeah. take a Benadryl. I mean, yeah. if you need like an EpiPen or some shit, then like get rid of the dog. But it sounds like you can. There's deal no with getting it. rid of the dog though. That Boston, would be Boston that would be Boston roads are bad enough, honey. So don't make sure you're driving safe. Yeah, make sure that's you can crazy. Op- make sure you can operate that vehicle. Look, she got home. I need to know more details about her life. She got herself home. Yeah, she did. She got herself home. <laughs> All right, let's take our next call. Hey, Malls. This is Matt, and I'm 24. I live in that shithole Monrovia that has the chilies. Uh, I've never been, but uh, I'm sure you'd appreciate it. Anyway, I have a question. I recently had to end a relationship with a girlfriend of three and a half years. It was awesome. It was one of those relationships that everyone is mad at you because you just keep talking with them because both of you have such a wonderful connection and Everything about the relationship was good, and I sound like an asshat right now, and I know that. Um, but the question is, I started the relationship 
knowing that she was going to go to law school and uh, that there's a chance that she was going to become too busy and uh, was going to break up. So I created the precedent in the very beginning that uh, if it ever gets too hard, don't worry, we can break things off and and it theoretically shouldn't be that bad. Well, that happened a month and a half or so ago, and of course, I let her go, and she's thriving, and that's great, and I'm super happy for her, but you know what? It hurts, and uh, it kind of sucks, and I was wondering, uh, because both of us are pretty amicable humans, um, there was no animosity, and we kind of just talked it out, and we broke up, and you know what? Like, uh, like I'm having trouble like thinking about how to get over it. Because there's no animosity, I have no, like ill feelings towards her um so i don't know how do you get over someone that you don't hate anyway please advise you guys are the best well matt i have to say i'm very impressed with what an emotionally responsible 24 year old man you are i really do think that that sounds um like you guys did a, a, a you handled that very well i don't think most people handle things that well so good job on that um uh uh I think you should probably just go hook up with someone. Can I ask something, though? What's not clear to me is that did he... So he, he always knew he would break up with her if she got too busy. Is that... He knew... Yeah. Here's what I think. I think Matt is like... he's got He's saying these little words that give him the illusion of control. Like he's saying... I set the precedent that if right. things ever got too hard, we could break up. Well, she could break up with you whether you set a precedent or not, Matt. And then he says, and so then she got really busy and I let her go. You don't have to let her go if she broke up with you. She broke up with you. you know. So to me, the key to getting over this is to stop telling yourself these stories that put you at the center of her decisions. It sounds to me like she's going to law school. She broke up with you. And so you've got to get over, your, get over her in a way where you're not putting the energy into putting yourself at the center of this story with her where you're some kind of hero because you set precedents and you let her go and you have no animosity. None of that really matters. You got dumped. You've got to move on. There's steps everyone has to take to move on when they're dumped, whether they're a great guy about it or not. I, John, 100% agree with that. Was, am I only delusional I for thinking that he's, he handled this well? Because I did wonder if he was like, I thought, it, you know, oh, so she goes away to law school, she gets a little too busy for you and you don't like that. I picked up on that at first, but then I thought it sounded like he handled things pretty well. I think it's the story and, that he's telling. Yeah. I, th- I think it wasn't yeah. that he didn't I like it. I bought it. Is I, that wrong? I just think, like, I think he needs to just get busy, you know? Like, like she's, like, go fill your time, you yeah, know? Just, like, I agree with John. I think I think he's trying to convince himself that it played out accordingly in his head a certain way when, when actually probably that's not the reality. And the reality is he should just go fill his time, you know, and get busy. Yeah, and, and take also, care of his own needs. Don't bash Monrovia if you're living in Monrovia. That's, like, I was thinking you don't the have same to take thing. shots at where you live, you know? It's also, just. It's also like, it's so not chill to like hate where you live. Like, yeah, make, a, make, like make a change, dude. You're 24. And it's okay to have. Like, here's what I would say the animosity towards Monrovia makes no sense. It's okay to muster up some animosity towards this ex because that's part of getting over her. Yeah. But I mean, it gets, sounds like she's a. Well, she plays no part in his story whatsoever. So we don't know what she's like from his story. Right. Wow. John, you're really And you bought it. You bought it, Molly. I'm like, I'm I'm going to be harder on the men in general, I would say. Yeah, I think you should definitely be harder on the men. And this might be our only one. So, uh, yeah. So, 
hand them their ass. I'm I'm actually really concerned that I didn't pick up on any of that controlling language that you're pointing out. I'm real. That's a concern for me. All right, let's do some active listening on the next one, Molly. I've learned more about myself <laughs> than I have any of our callers today. All right. All right, guys, it's your appreciated where we read one of your lovely five-star iTunes reviews. Um, this one is from KRED211. The subject is guilty pleasure. Malls, her team, and guests are so fun. I love tuning in each week to hear her hilarious thoughts on whatever topic comes up. Thanks, ladies. Thank you, KRED211. If you guys want to have your comment read on the pod, please go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and some nice words. Hopefully something a little bit more colorful than that. Yeah, that was, try, just that was just white noise. I mean, really? That's the best we had? Nothing kind of, objectionable about it. Low. Um, just wallpaper. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. Um, all right. Now let's go back to the calls. Hey, please advise. This is Jay. I'm 25 years old, and I am in Dallas, Texas. So my question is more of a career-oriented one. So quick backstory just to set up the question. I went to college straight after high school from 2007 through 2009, um, and then I stopped going. Um, one reason is because 2009 was just a really awful, terrible, bad year just financially. And um, another reason being I could never find what I was meant to do in school. I was always really good at writing and storytelling and creating short stories and all of that, but I never found the one class or one field that stuck. I ended up leaving. Um, so fast forward to several years later. So two years ago, I started going to this festival called the ATX Television Festival in Austin. And ever since then, it's become like my favorite thing to do every year. I got to actually hear Jason Kadem speak, and he's the guy who like written, he writes and created Friday Night Lights and Parenthood, which are my favorite TV shows. And just listening to him like talk about storytelling in the form of television writing, just this light bulb went off, and I was like, oh, maybe that's where I should channel this uh, writing skill that I have. I never really thought about it. And so when I got back from the festival last year, I was laid off from my job which was really cool, actually, because instead of going and finding another crazy, weird job that I didn't like, I went right back to school. And so now I'm a full-time college student again, pursuing that degree. I'm in a, it's a, a film degree with, a, you know, I'm going to be taking television production classes and TV writing and screenwriting classes, and that's what I decided that my journey is going to be. So my question is, what, how would you recommend I spend my time, now that I am going to be in school in this creative environment again, for the next couple of years, what, how should I spend my time, you know, outside of school creatively that'll help boost a potential career once I graduate? Because I know once I do graduate, there's going to be that inevitable move I have to make to East Coast or West Coast in order for a career that I want to happen. So I know that that's going to happen and it's going to be really hard, but I know that that's the journey that I'm going to take. So what would be some pointers or advice that you would give to someone on this journey in these very early stages? So that way, when I do graduate, I kind of have a small, little, tiny little grasp of where to go or what to do or what I'm actually doing. I don't care. I don't care. You want to be a TV writer or something? Is that what's going on? You really don't care? No, I don't. I, I wish I did. that sounds exciting for him that he's found what he wants to do. And You know I, what? I, you're I, right. All of, I'm thinking that, you know, if you if you did any kind of like... Maybe you're just upset because you missed out on the last guy, you know, what was behind him. So now you're bashing this guy for no reason. Is that possible, Molly? Yeah. Is that like... <laughs> 
Is that like leftover feelings? I think it's exciting. Maybe if you did some sort of like moth radio hour kind of thing or you got up like and started to see, um, do like, I don't know what, not poetry slam or something like that. But There's you get so much up, stuff in Austin you can go do. But you go like maybe speak in front of an audience and do some story time and see what your audience is responding to. And, you know, don't rule out children. Children really benefit from great stories and if you might be able to find a good children's audience too, because that also would make really great TV. Interesting. See, I would say, I would say tell stories also, but for a different reason, like my feeling about Jay, and this might be why you were snoring afterwards, Molly, is that like, he lacks voice. He lacks something to say. He lacks any kind of specific edge where like, he's different from someone else. He seems perfectly pleasant, but like, He's going to ATX every year. He may find himself with five minutes in front of one of his heroes, and he's going to blow it by being bland. And so I just <laughs> think that, like, before he worries about strategizing or, like, writing the perfect TV script or, like, what kind of production job he should get, I just think that he needs to find his voice. So it's fine that he's in school. But I'm agreeing, like write stories, write first person narrative, write things that you think are inappropriate, write things that you think people don't want to hear and have that be an experiment in uh, finding your voice. So the only, th the only thing I'm disagreeing with you about is that it matters how the audience reacts. I feel like Jay is a little too appropriate. And so I th feel like for him and his life right now, it doesn't matter how the audience reacts so long as they're not snoring. Right. Yeah. Right. That's really, really, really good advice. I, I think that's exactly what Jay's issue is, is he needs to just develop that voice. Also, it's kind of stupid to go to college and you're going to get anything out of it other than like, it's just a really fun time. Well, but he, I think he went and then he left for a few years and now he's back. So I feel like he's actually at a point in his life that he might get something out of it, you know, because he's a little more, it, right now he knows it's where he wants to be. It's like you said, he went right out of high school. And sometimes, you know, to your point earlier, John, that it's, sometimes you're a little too young to really be pushed into something. And, and uh, now you know what you're fighting for this time around. And your, your money is going to be better well spent and your time is going to be better well spent. And, and I wish you a lot of luck. And I think it's not always easy to narrow down the scope of, of you know, what you want to do. But as long as you're in your element and it's something you really like doing, just keep focusing on that every day. Yeah. That's good advice, Mom. And John. Killed it. Next call. Hi, Malls. This is Sarah. Um, I'm 27. I live in Florida. I also want to mention that my little sister is Rachel, the military uniform chaser that you may have spoken with a couple times. Um, I love your podcast. I actually introduced my sister to it, but uh, she inspired me to actually call. I said I didn't really know what to call about, and she got really real with me and told me I should ask you about the feelings I've been having that maybe I've had sex with enough people and dated enough people and should just uh, pick one of my exes, which is a feeling that I've had recently. Um, I know that's really stupid and not what I should do at all but it's it just seems like I'm over it I don't know if you've ever had this feeling uh if you have or if you haven't and you felt like maybe you need to just pick from what you've seen in the past and like maybe there's some good things out there I don't know um please advise thanks 
Hi, Mal. This is Sarah again. Um, my little sister just told me that I didn't tell you enough information. Um, she's really bossy. And I am also a lawyer in Florida. And I'm in a sort of professional career and don't meet a lot of people. I work a lot. So I guess that that was background that was important for me to tell you. Um, and so, yeah, that's probably part of why I feel like I don't have a lot of time to meet people and I feel like anything that I had in the past maybe was better. I had more time then um, to connect with people. So, yeah, I'm following uh, Rachel's advice because she's a boss. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Please advise. Girl, it's not it. You're not done. You're 27. Actually, I have to say 27 was the beginning of a very long single period for me where no one even asked me on a date for eight months. Like I didn't go on a date for eight months. That's like, that was a very, that was very uh, sad and lonely for me at that time. I was working all of the time. I never met new people. I was just constantly seeing people that, you know, running into the same 150 people at every party I went to or work or whatever it just it's 27 is too young for you to think that you're over so I don't yeah I don't I think you're fine just keep dating don't go why why you would be with them if you wanted to be with one of your ex-boyfriends try it it sucks every time you get back together with an ex it doesn't work you're reminded they suck may take I think you're taking this question too seriously that's basically we have Sarah she's 27 she didn't know what to ask, so her sister Rachel told her what to ask. It like reminds me of people who it's like, I signed up for this dating service because my coworkers made me do it. It's like someone who's like moving through their life but not really taking responsibility, even for the question that right. she was asking us, which is kind of a right. non-question. So to me, it's like if she's 27, that's a good time in your life to like find out who you are, um, know what you stand for. Because, like, even this question wasn't your own question. And it's fine to, like, while those things are happening, while those things are changes are happening, just do nothing. The idea that you're going to make a choice to be with an ex, like, again, I don't think it's a real question anyway. But versus that, a better choice would be to not do anything. Right. Like, I don't know why that seems like a bad choice to her. Well, I mean, I wonder if she's starting to, like, panic about, you know, wanting to start a family or something, which I think is kind of normal around that age, especially in that part of the country, Florida, 27. She's a lawyer. Most of the people she knows are probably married or somewhat close to that. But I think that before she's going to find someone, she needs to know, like, what she stands for, really. Because it wasn't yeah. so clear in this phone call. Right. No. And I think I think that's true. It's, she has to know who she is and and what she believes in. Not only if she's going to be in a relationship, but if she wants to raise a family, you need to be able to, you know, foster all of your good beliefs and values onto, you know, the people that you're responsible for. Yeah. So. Do you want to call a podcast and ask a question or not? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know if she wanted to. Right. <laughs> well, who, who's her, what's her sister's deal? Uh, Rachel um, is she's uh, has a thing for yeah. like Military, naval man men, and and she went to West Point and like hooked up with a football player, and she. Now Rachel knows what she wants. Rachel, yeah. yeah Rachel, Rachel knows, knows what she wants. See, already, like, I didn't even yeah. get a call from Rachel, and I have a clearer picture of Rachel, Rachel. already. Well, we do have a call from Rachel. <laughs> Rachel's bossy. <laughs> so yeah. That's what we know that, too. Rachel, I like that you're taking the lead. Yeah, Rachel, help your sister out. 
Sarah needs some help. Sarah, save your money. Buy yourself like a, a house or a nicer house. Just, you know, start <laughs> like go to some classes. Go to like to a dancing class or something. I don't know. You need to like you need to spend some time on you because the fact that you're asking a question which you say is stupid um, usually means that you're just not in a position in your life where you need to be making big decisions of any sort. Next call. It's a letter. Oh, next letter. A letter. Hi, Malls. I'm a huge fan of the pod and have been listening since the beginning. I also just finished your ebook, which I felt so connected with. When you're uh, when you advised a caller in the last episode, the one year anniversary episode with Blair, to cut the emotional cord from her ex, it brought up something in me that I've been dealing with for a long time. Let me start this off by saying that I'm happily married to the most amazing person I've ever met. That said, there's an extra in my past that just keeps, to use your words, creeping. This person who I dated seriously in high school and then off and on throughout college. Our relationship was sort of dark. It was codependent at best and emotionally abusive at worst. I abruptly put an end to our on-off whatever when I met my now husband, but I don't know if that I ever cut that emotional cord between us. Now I'm 27. I've been married for three years. I have a career I'm really proud of, but this dude is still hanging around my mind and in my social media. I hate that I even think of him, uh, an emotionally abusive scumbag when I'm married to a loving and stable man. I guess my question is, how do I cut this cord? Why is it taking me so long to do? And lastly, is this something I should tell my husband about? He knows the basics about the relationship, but I feel like it would do more harm than good to let him know that I still think about this guy in our twisted past. Thanks, Malls. Don't tell your husband. What, are you sick? Why would you tell your husband that? Would you tell Greg if you had a weird hanger-on ex-boyfriend that sometimes crept through your mind, even though he's a loser? Um, you know, I just, I just would not stay in touch with somebody that was not good in my life. So, I, you know, there would be nothing to tell Greg about. But, I mean, like I've had some exes reach out to me. Mm-hmm. And I've denied their requests because I just don't think it's going to ever, there's nothing they need, there's nothing that they can, they can say to me. There's nothing I want to hear. I, I'm, you know, so I might tell Greg that, yeah, so-and-so might have tried to reach out to me, but there's nothing to talk about at the end of the day. I just don't even cross that, that line, you know, just. Why do you think she can't stop thinking about this guy? Because she just can't be comfortable I think with just three years of nice marriage, being married to a good guy. I mean, come on. I mean, what's so bad about feeling good? I mean, just enjoy the fact that your life is a dull roar. Trust me, <laughs> you, know? Uh-huh. you know? I think that also, though, like to me, it's it's not a good sign that she's calling this guy yeah. a creeper because th- th- he's not being a creeper. She's opening the door here. Right. It has nothing to do with him. There's this guy from the past. It doesn't matter that he was emotionally abusive. It doesn't matter that it was codependent. Basically... It was a fucked up situation that she hasn't let go of. So part of not letting go of it to me is calling him a creeper because it's like she's not doing it. It's like he's hanging around. Well, he wouldn't be hanging around if she turned down his bread request, if she blocked him, if she did whatever. Just get him out of your life. Every girl with like a quote unquote stalker is just a girl who's engaging someone that she doesn't want to well, be around. Well, sometimes, you know? no. I mean, sometimes there's legit stalkers. No, but yeah, you course, don't want to open like, the door. You don't want to open the door. I feel like she's leaving it yeah, open here just for this don't. guy. You just don't. It's like, it's not that I am just a black and white, cold, harsh person. It's just there's no good or any benefit 
to opening dialogue or any kind of contact with somebody that is in your past that you have ended things with. Yeah, I, I just also don't think it's healthy to take this side of herself where she has just a little bit of a fascination with this guy and to project it onto him by calling him a creeper. Just like I, yeah, own what true. you're feeling about and point. cut it off. Also, um, you know, you guys dated on and off in high school and college. And I just think that's really immature like that's you weren't even an adult when you dated him and yeah. now you're a married woman right yeah, and it sounds like she's married to a nice guy and, and maybe her life is a little quiet now and not as eventful I mean you got your work thing down congratulations you know you got your career going another congratulations and a nice guy so you know you don't need to have crazy stuff going on you don't need to manufacture issues in your life and no one regrets not being with their high school boyfriend Yes. Oh, my God. It's a crazy regret. No one has that. Right. Yeah. No, I actually, the only person I know who did was certifiably insane. And like crazy regret. And it turned out that he was bipolar and she left her husband for it was a whole thing. Crazy. Crazy. Um, Don't do this, girl. All right. Next call. Hi, Malls. I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, My name is Deidre. I'm 27. Uh, I live in Oklahoma City. I recently... Broke up with my boyfriend uh, three years. He was uh, lying to me about some pretty important things, you know, like marriage and kids. And I just thought, no, I can't do this with you anymore. And I left. The thing is, like, even thinking about dating again, I have a chronic illness, which is part of the reason that I broke up with my ex-boyfriend, because he wasn't supportive of me. He wouldn't take me to the hospital for my procedures. When I was really sick, he would go ahead and go on vacation with his friends. He would drag me places. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I was running on fumes. I didn't actually get diagnosed until last January. For, I was sick for about a year and had no idea what the hell was wrong. So I'm just wondering if I wanted to get out there and start dating again, like, how would you present that fact? Because I've never had to present it before. I'm not ashamed of it, but I feel like if I was dating a guy that was chronically ill, I would want to know that at some point. It's just kind of awkward. And I was wondering, what would you tell, like, your friend if they asked you that question? Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. I would assume it's sickle cell. I don't know what it is. What do you guys think it is, her condition? I think it's like an autoimmune Something like a lupus or I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm into the I'm into the different things there, that gray area, like is it a real thing or is it not a real thing? Based is on this like whole Crohn's, story, I'm looking Crohn's at lupus, Crohn's, yeah, um chronic fatigue syndrome, like Lyme disease, fibromyalgia, yeah. seasonal affect disorder. I just feel like we're in this realm of things that are like... It could uh, be. It maybe could it is, be maybe fishy. It isn't. And I don't know why she didn't tell us what it was. That was a really weird part of that called me. I feel like we have a theme today of 27-year-olds who just haven't completely found themselves yet. And they're having these weird sort of vague statements instead of just saying what it is that's going on. What is wrong with you, Deirdre? Right, and we're working off the information. I thought her name was Tigra, (laughs) and that's why you're guessing sickle cell. Her name is Deirdre. (laughs) 
It's not because I thought she was black because I didn't. I thought maybe she was one of the white people who has sickle cell. There are some, right? Well, that's a terrible guess then. (laughs) Sure there are, but it's not a good guess. All right, fine, whatever. Um, well, I'm, I'm sorry for your affliction, Deirdre. I am sorry you <laughs> suffer. Your affliction. I am so sorry that you suffer. I am, first of all. But it's, you know, if you're, if you're trying to date and you have this chronic, like, you know, um, illness, which I'm sorry again for, I, I, think, I think, you know, go out, like, for a couple of months or whatever and just enjoy dating. Just enjoy dating. And, and... It only needs to come up when, if you think it goes beyond just dating and it moves into... It's like sobriety. Like, you don't need to come out the gate and be like, I'm sober. Like, the way that we say that to people on the... You know, you don't have to pop off with that. But if you're wearing a colostomy bag, tell them before you take your shirt off. (laughs) Right. Right. What's going on with you, Deirdre? I hope hope you do. (laughs) Deirdre... I, I no, I sincerely hope that Deirdre does find somebody be, to, because it's it sounds like it's a long road. Imagine going home with some guy you met at a bar and him taking off his shirt and he has a bag of his own shit taped to his side. <laughs> Listen, I'm not getting any younger, so I mean, it could you know, it point. could happen. It could happen. Yeah. Um. I mean, look, I there's a lot of guys who are in this this stuff too. By the way, you could absolutely. The oh, there's also support groups. Whatever affliction you have your real or imagine in oklahoma city i'm sure there's a support group and you might meet someone there too or you could just meet one of those guys that like you know wants to like the guys that want to date like little people yes there's something for everyone but i am sorry that the last boyfriend was not supportive because it sounds like it's hard to go through these and there's guys and who need to there's made... guys who need to be a hero who would love to take true. you to the hospital. That's very true. That's, very That's what I'm true. saying. There's like, yeah. And and also, you know, I just want to say I think that it's very, very fucked up that he made promises about a future with you. But thank God you did not marry this person. Because imagine being married to someone and you get sick like this and they're like going on vacation. It sucks enough when they're just some like, you know, part-time hang-around boyfriend. That's, you can't, no, no. You win. You're good. This is good. And by the way, the kind of guys who love to take women to the hospital, you don't want to be with one of them either. No. That's true. That's true. But there is someone for everyone. Yeah. You don't want to be with someone who fetishizes your (laughs) illness, but maybe. Um, Okay, next call. Hey, Malls. It's Heather. I live in Boston. I'm 33. I called a while back about possibly having a drinking problem, but turns out that uh, my husband is a master manipulator. So long story short, I've been married for 13 years, together 15 years, two kids. And on my 11-year anniversary, about a week later, I found out my... 37-year-old husband is in a relationship with his 23-year-old employee that he hired to work in Texas. So he's back and forth between Texas for work and home. Uh, Obviously, immediately, I filed for divorce because that's my hard line. Um, Here's how crazy I am. I filed for divorce. He kind of had, you know, been manipulating me, telling me how it's going to be, we're separated, I have to do this, I have to do that. And anyways, my lawyer, I got a lawyer, he didn't know, filed for 
filed for divorce. He didn't know that. He was furious. Finally, I cut the cord because he was all over me all the time. And now all of a sudden I feel bad. So what's up with that? Why do, why did he do the worst thing in the world to me? And I feel bad for him. I don't know. On to the next thing quickly. Um, since we separated, I have been on Tinder because I haven't been single in 11 years and I don't know how to meet people. Uh, clearly Tinder is kind of the wrong place for me, I guess. I've been on five Tinder dates and hooked up with two people. Um, and when I'm talking to them, I feel great. Then after, I feel like shit. Like, this isn't really me. What am I doing? Why can't I just be alone? So just calling to get your input. That was the brief. I could go on for hours and hours and hours. There's so much more to it. Um, but that's just kind of the gist of it. Why do I feel bad for the asshole that fucked me over? And why am I fucking people and making myself feel bad? Um, he's advised. Thank you. Heather, I'm going to go ahead and guess that you feel bad because you just went through a divorce. And those are very upsetting, even if you wanted to divorce the guy. Right? <laughs> Your mom and I are going to disagree with you again. I can tell already. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go. Oh, I think I think you're grieving. I think that's for sure. And I think uh, that's that, what I said. That well, I, I, I'm going about it a little bit differently. Maybe I think oh. I think that um, you know your reaction to your husband cheating on you is 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 definitely how a lot of people would react. And you know you're heartbroken. Um, and I think uh, you know going out on Tinder is like a retaliatory thing. Maybe you'll show him, um, but you know that's not going to bring you the, obviously the satisfaction that you're looking for. And I think. You're going to have to sit with your grief. I also wonder, is the divorce final? Because it sounds like that possibly you're ready to maybe move forward and start to figure out if you guys can even salvage your marriage, which maybe you possibly can. Maybe this might be an opportunity for you guys to start to look at each other and uh, work on your relationship and not bring a lot of outsiders into it and um, move forward. You've been together since a young age. All right, we're all different on this. Here's my here's my question. Yeah. She said she's called before to ask if she's an alcoholic. Yeah. But then it turns out her husband's a manipulator. Well, that doesn't answer the question. Yeah. Are you an alcoholic? <laughs> Are you getting drunk on Tinder dates and fucking guys and then regretting it? It's like whatever questions you were asking before you found out your husband is a master manipulator still apply. <laughs> Are you an alcoholic, Heather? <laughs> I mean, that might be the most like that it. might be the most important question in your life right now. Like they sort of like, why do I feel bad? Well, any question that starts with why is a childlike question. Again, I feel like that's not a real question. But the yeah. one you're asking yourself before all of this unfolded, all of this just seems like an avoidance to me now. Right. Yeah. And even if she, I believe she and might get back is. with her ex-husband, I agree with you. Is but is she an alcoholic? Yeah. That's yeah, the question. Usually, like you know, affairs are usually symptomatic of a bigger problem. <laughs> Alcohol, <laughs> substance abuse a symptomatic of a bigger problem. And, you know, you're either going to, right, work on your relationship for the kid's sake and your sake or or not, you know. but Yeah, whether she reconciles with the ex or not. Whether you reconcile with the ex or not. One way or another, though, you're still going to have the ex in your life, um, with, you know, considering you have the children. And uh, so you need to work things out with him one way or another anyway. So what the heck? Try to figure that component of it out. But stop doing self-injurious things like, Screwing the wrong people and, you know, 
drinking. You have although, children to raise. Although the Tinder dates, that, that was my favorite part of the phone call and yeah. maybe yeah. my favorite yeah. part of the day. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Tinder's not working for her and she's, she's gone on five dates and slept with two of them. Some people would consider that Tinder working. Yeah, actually, I would. I would Exa- exactly I, as it's supposed to. Yes, yes, exactly. Tinder is doing its job, Heather. Now you do yours. Yes. I can't imagine. <laughs> That's fabulous. I yes. can't imagine it's that fabulous. it's easy to be a 33-year-old single mom alcoholic in Boston on Tinder. I can't imagine that. Or that's, it's the easiest thing in the world. I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, she's right. she's either. And the I, hardest I, part I, is. I'll bet the hardest part is finding hot. the hardest part is finding a babysitter. Yeah, probably, probably. Her manipulative ex husband watches the kids. I'm sure. And you know, it is it is hard to be married to somebody that like vacates the you know one way or another. If they're you know sitting behind a computer or if they're. They're drinking themselves every night. If they're, they're, they're just becoming bacon, it's hard. It's hard. Who's in relationship when you're with somebody like yeah, that? Right. Yeah, but, but it could also partly be that he was feeling guilty. He was having an affair, so he starts taking right. shots at the person at home. Correct. You know, correct. I mean, it's a, definitely a chicken and egg thing. We don't know which came first. Yeah. and you know, did he seek comfort because he was lonely in the relationship? Did he drive her to make you know? Does he make? Did he belittle her so much right. through manipulation? Well, he did Nobody the wrong knows. thing, no matter what. I mean, he had an affair. He did the wrong thing. He did the wrong thing. He hired himself a twenty-three-year-old girlfriend. It's disgusting. Yes, that really creeps me out. I agree. I In would Texas. probably have a drinking problem if my husband did that too. And I hope that twenty-three-year-old girl realizes that she's not special. I mean, sorry, sweetie. Somebody's going to tell you. You know, we're all going to He's tell you. He's not with you because you're interesting. Oh, she's a listener. She's a listener. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, a twenty-three-year-old in Texas. And someday you'll be twenty-seven, and you'll have questions like "why" to ask us. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be here. Okay, so you watched The Bachelorette, right? Yes. All right, I need to just talk about it for a minute. It we are a few weeks behind uh, this when this airs. You should know that the last episode was just week four. I think it was just week four. Now this comes out three weeks. Yeah, so we'll be toward the end. But okay. what are you thinking of this season's Bachelorette? I feel like Caitlin, uh, I'm not saying she's a sociopath. I'm not saying she has no conscience, but there's like something missing. You should be part of the job when you're dating 20 guys at once. It's a contrived situation is to feel self-conscious and awkward about it. And like you're half dating, half apologizing. You should, you should be, it like takes a weird sort of focus or lack of focus anyway but like you keep falling in love with all these guys like you're on a date with this guy the feelings are there you're on a date with that guy the feelings are there but part of it also is being sort of apologetic about the fact that you're being with all these guys at once you know it's right. very hurtful to everyone in any normal situation like the bachelorette it might not be normal but if you're thinking you're going to meet your husband there then part of it is like acting responsibly to make people feel okay about the fact that you're basically cheating on your future husband because if he's in that house and you're making out with 19 other guys right. that's part of your history is how you handle that i don't see any of that with her i don't really see that sense of like that other people have feelings how am i supposed to handle it right i think that she i think it's also weird too because there seems to be a lot of fanboys in the house well, the other thing is I feel like the, the guys in the house this time, they made them more cartoony too. So even if yes. I'm saying she needs to have more feelings, 
half of the guys in the house I don't think she has to. I think they're cartoons and they should be out of the house. Some of the guys in the house, it's crazy the guys they brought in the house this time. So this whole uh, like bromance thing was so obviously something that they thought was funny, JJ and Clint, right? And they were playing that up because there's no way. Here's what I think. I think JJ definitely it's frat boy humor. Yes. Clint, there may be an edge of sincerity and if there is and JJ got more than he bargained for, that's hilarious to me. But I don't know. I I I don't understand what's happening. No, I think I think that the two of them thought it was I mean, it's interesting because there is something very deeply off with Clint. Yes. Like he's stupid. He couldn't really pull. He couldn't do what what JJ was doing as artfully as he was like he couldn't he couldn't even sit with Caitlin and have a conversation with her and be just fake enough to survive the conversation. Yeah, I don't even know what the con was. I, don't, I have no idea what his end game was. Yeah. Very unclear. Very unclear. Um yeah, I I'm just I find Kaylin to be a huge disappointment. And I was so excited for her, but like so far every date they've gone on is like so annoying. Like I would just be annoyed. Oh, and I agreed, even though again, I a lot of these guys are jokes. Like they're healers, they're whatever. And yet the guy who was complaining that there were two dates in a row that were fighting, I agreed with him. You yeah. Know, that that to me is not such a cool thing to make guys hit each other on these dates. And it was like first the was it boxing and then it was sumo wrestling? Yeah, it's like not all so much fun. And then it was um, stand up comedy and a rap battle. Those were both horrible, but Which at least they just, weren't that's violent. Not, but it's also like it's, it's it's like it's the same exact. It's like how can I humiliate you this week? Well, and also can just anyone be an Aladdin? What's happened to the state of oh, Broadway? I know. To me, I have respect for the theater, but at this point, it's like Aladdin, a Broadway show. Oh, the Bachelorette wants to choose one of the guys and be in the show tonight. Welcome. Yeah. Well, they did that on other seasons. I think they did it on Ashley's season as well. But it's not right. The thing that I, I found to be really upsetting about it was that it was like a walk on. They didn't even get to have well, any. They had sort to of... sing for the audition, but then they didn't have to sing for they the did show. Nothing. So then that I made know. me not understand the audition. I just didn't at all. like they spent all this time getting dressed up in this clothing to just stand there for thirty seconds. Like that was. That was a prize for anyone? It, it was odd. But I wanted a different Bachelorette, actually. The one I wanted from last season, who I liked the best, was Jade. Oh, Jade. Yeah, she's the playmate. Yeah. Yes, and I felt like she was actually, she had a pretty winning personality. She had this skeleton in her closet that wasn't that bad a skeleton, but the fact that like that disqualified her and then she was forgotten. I think she would have been the best one. Yeah, I, 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 I What agree. was the skeleton in her closet? She did like uh, Penthouse. Yeah. And the guy... Seemed like he had a real problem with it to me. I mean, Chris is dumb and has these weird puritanical, like, small town, like, clearly is just not enlightened. Chris Harrison is a romance novelist. I, I really want to read that. I would never read that book. Did, I heard that it's already been, it was already optioned. Oh, did you hear that, um, that Caitlin last night? I won't say with who, posted on Instagram a, like a picture of her and someone, then quickly deleted it. She so it snapped, seems like yeah. she's blue. She blew the whole game. Like, basically, someone won, and she posted a picture yesterday. Like, I'm dying to know, is ABC going to sue her? No. They're just trying to, like, gloss it over it gloss over it at this point, I think. A lot of people are saying that um, it might be, like, a red herring because it's so widely reported that she might not have picked either of the guys. Oh. And then the fact that that guy came back into the house, like, he seems like one of those guys, the only thing he's good at is romance. Nick Vial. But, yeah, what kind of person yeah, is what that? He, what that's, a, that's the only gross. thing he's good at? Right. What a loser. He is so gross to me. I'm, I'm really, I'm like, this is what you do. You just run around. You, you like, you believe in this process so much. You just run around season to season. And then I read that he was seen out on a date with Chris Soul's um, 
fiance, now, now ex-fiance, Whitney, the one who won last season. Nick, it's like, yeah. Yeah, Nick, it's like that guy, Jay, who I was saying to in Austin, you have to figure out like what you have to offer. What does Nick have to offer? And, and I don't know. And he's not cute and he's nerdy. And I feel like, and, and, and nerdy in a way that is annoying, not I'm going to stipulate that he's cute because even if he were cute, it's still bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, I'm going to ask you some table topics. Is that cool? Sure. These are like just dinner party, chit-chat, fun questions. But they're on cards. Get you out of your shell. Have you done this already? I did. I did. Shauna had some interesting answers. Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? I mean, I have so many pet peeves. So I'm thinking for a second. It's just uh, a lot of them have to do with standing in line. Yeah. So I'll just say that this is a specific one, but when someone is helping you, someone else who probably like just got into the same store after you've been waiting in line, now you're at the register, wanders over and asks that person a question, and suddenly that person is priority one. Yeah. And I don't mind by the, or it could be anything. It could be like another worker there comes over and asks a question. Like no one seems to know how to do two things at the same time anymore. Like I would be fine if they could keep doing the task that they were doing yeah. while they were the answering whatever levels. question. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone in Los Angeles just drops everything. If you're going to drop everything, you've got to do things in order that the order of people were waiting. Like if you know how to do two or three, three things at once, that's great. But no one can do it to the point like there's certain situations now where we're in line. Now we get to the register. I'm very chatty in public, but I have a good sense for like who can handle a conversation while they ring someone up and who can't do it. And so it's kind of what they even like if my daughter tries to talk to someone and I know it's someone who can't handle it, I'll just give her the look like, no, we can't do it. We're not, <laughs> just yeah. let her ring us up. Yeah, that's good. I agree with you. Line, lines are a very sore spot. Can I ask, what's the question again? Can you read it? What's your biggest pet peeve? Biggest pet peeve. Obviously, that's not my biggest. It's just what I thought of. But also represents I it something. Said favorite pet peeve. Yeah. Like, it favorite? represents something that happens in Los Angeles, too, where the kinds of things that hold you up in line in Los Angeles all involve people being nice. Yeah. But to me, it's not <laughs> nice to make the line go slower and make the process chaos. Right, right, right. But the affect is nice, and I end up being the asshole. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm with you on that 100%. I don't, I, I don't mind being the asshole in that sort of situation. I got things to do, you know? Yeah. What do you do that's bad for your health? Um, I'd say I'm healthier than I used to be in most ways. Like my diet used to be a complete mess, but I would say probably Red Bull is the worst thing I do for my health. Okay. How many Red Bulls do you do a day? One, one and a half. Okay. Uh, what's your personal hell? My personal hell? Mm-hmm. Being trapped. Like I don't, almost any, there's, being trapped, I was going to say in a conversation, but it's like, uh, it's even the part I don't like about being in writer's rooms. Like, were you able to deal with the hours of being in a room with big groups? Um, I was, but I always liked it when we split up into rooms a lot better. Um, right. I've got a real thing where it's like to be in one room with a group of people having a group conversation. Yeah. And me not being in control of when I'm going to be able to leave that conversation. So I guess like my personal hell would be a meeting that never ends. Yes. Yes. Ooh, good one. Yeah, that does suck when you're like, oh, you don't even know if you can like go to the bathroom. It's so weird. Um, what type of stealing is okay? I now I shouldn't say this because there's all these piracy things and it's how we make our money, but I, I won't pay attention when I'm watching things online if I'm supposed to or not, really. 
or music. I don't pay attention with any of that stuff. If like if I can access it easily without feeling like a pirate just because it's right there, like on YouTube or something, I'll watch or listen to anything. Oh, okay, yeah. But that is stealing if it's not supposed to be there. Yeah, it's not. Uh, What email do you most regret sending? You know, I've gotten in a lot of email fights over the years, and it's a form I enjoy. So the idea that I would regret one, I've got to come back to that. It's to me like there's nothing you can't fix. It's like the thing about conflict is – Let's say I sent an email that was over the line. Well, then that person says that was over the line. Then that's another conversation. I just don't care. Like the stakes don't seem that high to me. I don't shy away from conflict. So I'm just not thinking of an email offhand that I regret sending. I'd be more likely to regret not sending one, I would say. Yeah. Um, Have you ever been conned? Conned? I don't believe so. When I was in college and I came back over Christmas vacation once, my mother was conned by this guy named Dirk, this uh, cowboy actor. Dirk and the and the and, yeah, Dirk. And it was 1980, of course. Yes, and yes. the con, like the way the con worked, though, such a stupid con. But my mother is a very sort of naive personality was that he pretended he had money. He pretended he was the answer to her dreams. And I guess that's how cons work a lot of the time. It's like he was her boyfriend. He was largely impotent, as I recall at the time. He just had some kind of surgery on his penis that I didn't understand. (laughs) My mother was madly in love with him. It was all based on the fact that she thought that he was incredibly rich. And he had all these stories about his money. But while he had stories about the money that he couldn't access... She was lending him money because he had real estate or he had this or he had that. But like there was always some cash flow issues yes. until it turned out the whole thing was bullshit. And he gave me um, when I was home, se- was senior year of college, I was home for Christmas and he gave me boots. Probably with my mother's money. I was just going to say indirectly, your mother say, gave you boots. Yeah. And why? And, uh, cowboy boots. Oh man! So he was a fake cowboy actor. Are you? You're not from here, though. Well, I grew up in Greenwich Village till I was 11, and then I grew up out here in the Valley. Got so it. I consider myself to be from LA at this point. Right, right, right. Totally. Wow, that's so interesting. All right, oh, last I hope question. Your mom wasn't too disappointed. I know. I, I, how did you know about your mom's boyfriend's penis surgery? <laughs> My mother is a very transparent person. Oh, okay. Too transparent. How did she tell you? <laughs> Um, it was, everything was out in the open. I believe that the way she told me was that she and Dirk had some wonderful jokes about it that she wanted to share with me. Oh, <laughs> they had some wonderful jokes. About Before the con was revealed, it was all very life affirming in the house. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. What don't women want? Last question. Wait, what does that mean? What don't women want? You're asking me? Yeah. Why are you asking me though? What do you think that women don't want? Just what do I think? Yeah, from in your mind, experience? yeah, from your, in your experience, what are things that women don't want? I to me, it's like it's a it's a general sort of answer, but just from from personal experience, I would just say women do not want, and it can take a lot of different forms, but women do not want to be controlled. Uh-huh. So like, I feel like I'm on the worst footing with women when my behavior, even if it's like passive aggressive or even if it might not be evident, it's like when my behavior is controlling, um, that is not responded to. Yeah. Right. right. My husband has 
wonderful habit of if I if he says, "Can I pick you up something for lunch?" I I would say I'd love a Greek chicken chicken salad. So he would decide that that's not really what I want, and he would come back with maybe an extra large Greek salad with chicken kebabs on the side and a small pizza. You know, and he's doing it because his heart's in the right place, but it's also because he's deciding what he thinks. It's like a little bit of a control thing, you yeah. know? And then, you know, when I explain to him that this is absolutely not what I asked for, <laughs> you know, he gets hurt. And it's like, well, wait a minute, you know? Well, and I feel like, you know, courtship can bring out very controlling sides because yeah. there's things about communication. Are you texting back right away? Are you expecting the other person to take certain actions that you don't really have a claim on yet? Right. You know, like all of the, all of those things. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Women don't like to be controlled. And it's just, and it's, they don't like it anyway, but especially with like someone you've just met, it's just, it's too soon for all of that. And like a lot of guys come into <laughs> situations, I think like, as if they have some kind of claim. Yeah. You know, that just doesn't make, it doesn't make That's sense. That's always freaked me out. That's like, if someone is a control freak off the bat, that really, that's, yeah. I'm out right away. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th I think that that's a good instinct. And I feel like the times in my life that I've been more, the most controlling uh, were the times that I was the worst bet. Yeah. Romantically. Because there was something fucked up about my life. Like, why was why was this other person my focus and that this other person's actions instead of my own? Right. Interesting. Wow. John, you've been awesome. This was fun, you guys. I told you before, I went to grad school to be a therapist. But because I didn't graduate, um, I only know enough to take people apart, not to put them back together again. So <laughs> we'll see perfect. what happens. We'll see if there's any upshot from this, you guys. Yeah, you guys, please call us with your updates. Call 323-450-7408. We want to hear back from you. Heather, worried about you, girl. Email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your letters or your voice notes, memos, whatever, however you do it. Um, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're all in all those places. John, where can people find you? Twitter. Uh, is it just my name on Twitter? I think it is. Yeah. John, John Levenstein. Yeah, there you go. You're not on Insta. I'm on Instagram as salt and wound, but that's just pictures of my dogs. Aww. And uh, But Twitter, I will engage you, especially about certain TV shows. Okay. The Affair. The slap. The Ooh, bachelorette. The slap. You like the oh, slap. I love the slap. It was such a pot boiler. Oh, good. Perhaps. All right, you guys. That was it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Shh.